The following podcast is a production of Vital for Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to the Vital for Women podcast, where we share the stories of successful businesswomen and discuss how the benefits of abundant, affordable, and accessible energy positively impacts their business. I'm your host, Lynn Granger, and today I welcome Celeste Archer to the show. Celeste, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You have an extensive background in education. Can you talk a little bit about your story and how you got to be where you are today? Sure. I had a successful career in business and realized that it wasn't doing everything I needed it to do to make me a happy woman. And so I went back and got multiple more degrees in education and ended up becoming a, school, a classroom teacher for a number of years. Then realized that there was more than that that I wanted to do and became director of foundations and organizations that have to do with public education. And now I serve as director of two state organizations, serve about 24,000 students and statewide. So I travel quite a bit across the state. What was your experience in business? I uh, owned a restaurant, youngest liquor license holder in the state where I was. That's quite a record holder then. was quite a record holder (laughs) and was an event planner for 10 years. What are some things that you've learned or done that have helped you become successful in education? Perseverance and not being – perseverance is really important and being very flexible. Flexible is key. Um, I think other is pushing through, being able to push through and not let anything get in your way. Education has become quite a big bureaucracy in our nation, and for a non-bureaucrat in a bureaucratic industry, it's sometimes hard being able to put a smile on and move past that and realize it doesn't have to make it a stumble block for you. It's really important. It's been very key. Right now, we've got a lot of talk going on in the energy industry and particularly around Proposition 112, and you personally have been pretty vocal about Proposition 112. Can you talk a little bit about why you've decided to get so involved and what impacts it has to your industry. I will. So one of the things that I direct is our state's governor's school program. It's a, um, and I'm on the board for Friends of Colorado Student Leaders Institute. And one of our charges is to present to our students. We have a hundred of the best and brightest kids from across the state of Colorado who spend a month with us every summer. One of our charges is to make sure that the kids get to see both sides of various issues within the state. The kids choose those issues. And for the last three years, energy, fracking, all the ways that we get energy have been on their lists of concerns. So for the last three years, I've been fortunate to hear both sides of the stories, visit fracking sites, be with energy executives, while at the same time being with those who oppose fracking, those who oppose uh, oil and gas Um, And so hearing that, doing research, then also listening to the students' research and hearing the the conclusions that the students have reached have helped me reach my own conclusion. Um, And that's that it's necessary, it is safe, it is better than we've ever been before in terms of energy. When I think back 100 years ago from now, um, I, I can't help but point out to those who would be opposed, look how far we've come instead of being afraid of where we are. And I don't doubt that 100 years from now, there will be an entirely different conversation on a podcast somewhere. But for right now, it is what we need and it is where we are. And the students who have heard and seen both sides have said that as well. It's interesting, a couple of years ago, my son, now a sophomore in high school, as a junior high or middle school, I just aged myself student, did a project on oil and gas. 
And he used two Indian tribes within the state of Colorado as a comparison. He used the Southern Ute tribe and he used the Ute Mountain Ute tribe. And by comparing their use of resources, he was able to make a point that oil and gas has made a, a difference in the lives of this tribe that is seeable, tasteable, feelable, knowable, understandable. And their students, therefore, their kids, who I care about the most, are able to get better educations. They are able, they have college paid for them when, when, they, when they accept to do so. They have opportunities in clubs and extracurriculars and all kinds of things that the others take advantage or take it for granted um, available for them. And so knowing that that comes from their use and their um, responsible management of the resources makes it hard not to um, not to be proud of that, not to be excited about that. And to see my son then as a, what, 13-year-old come to that conclusion on his own, um, interviewing members of the industry, interviewing people in the environmental or, in, or environmentalist, um, interviewing a number of people, reading their sources, seeing what they sent him, and, and reaching that conclusion was exciting for a parent. Um, and so getting to see that every summer has also been exciting. As a result of that, I had come to a conclusion that it is a safe need, a necessary um, resource. Celeste, you mentioned that you've had the opportunity to do a lot of research and have a lot of interaction with the oil and natural gas industry over the last several years. What has surprised you about the industry that maybe you didn't know before? What I've found, and particularly this comes from conversations and presentations from Chris Wright, who is lead at Liberty Oil. Hearing him speak was actually really inspiring. And one of the things I found out and am excited to hear is that oil and gas industry um, is also one of the biggest investors, the biggest people of interest in terms of alternatives. That's It's a smart move. They're the energy industry, so why wouldn't they want to keep up with the trends and keep up with what is most current? But Chris said something in one of the presentations that I heard that really impacted me. It changed a lot of what I thought about. He spent some time on the continent of Africa and while there saw that what we perceive to be gaps in education or gaps in wealth or gaps in whatever else the case may be. Um, one of the things that he, sh he shared that was most impressive to me and most important to me and that explained those gaps in a better way was that they all go down to a gap in energy. And think about it. As an educator, I expect my students and my son to be able to do work at home at night, to, be, to practice and to become more expert at whatever it is they've learned that day. Think about the kids in countries on the continent of Africa who may or may not, mostly not, have those energy sources. And so when the sun goes down, their opportunity to read goes down, their opportunity to study goes down, their opportunity, their access goes down. His point, which I found to be absolutely true, is that if a student, a child, a, a family, whomever, a businessman doesn't have access to energy, then how are they to bridge any of those gaps? And understanding that and seeing the true, without any doubt, the empathy he had and without any doubt, the, um, the altruism that he had was impressive and a little bit surprising. This summer, he was a speaker at our parents' weekend. And I think a lot of the parents who were in the audience were moved as well to see that somebody in the oil and gas industry had such a strong um, a strong feeling that that was that meeting those gaps was so important and that they were doing all they could in terms of research development all the things that we don't generally associate with the oil and gas industry to make sure that those needs were met you mentioned that you took uh, had the opportunity to take a tour of a fracking site several what 
surprised you there? What were you most impressed by on those tours? The last one was the one that was the most um, most impressive. Uh, they've all been good. But the last one was um, we all had ear coverings on. We were getting ready to, to be directed to put our ear coverings on. And I and, and of course, that's been one a lot of people's concern is the, about the noise pollution. And just as we, were, we think we're about to be told to put our ear buds on, we're told, that's it. You're hearing it. And there was no noise. And so the fact that there was no noise pollution at all, and I'm fairly sensitive, was a little shocking. And to find out that, in this, in this case, it was Liberty Oil, to find out that they've done a lot of development and research and they've made adjustments so that there wasn't the sort of uh, noise pollution to it that you would expect was there. The other thing was walking into the control booth and seeing how how every single step, every single second of what everybody was doing on that for, on that site was being guided, guarded, watched, taken care of. There was there didn't seem to be room for much of of an error because it was so guided and so guarded and so watched, and that was very impressive. It was also clean. Um, I was expecting all sorts of muddiness and all sorts of uh, slush and who knows what else based on some of the things I've seen in red. And there wasn't any of that. And I think it was even, was it a rainy, I think it was a rainy day. It wasn't, it wasn't an all blue sky kind of day. So seeing that, that a lot of the concerns that a lot of people have just aren't present um, was exciting to see. How important do you think it is for women in particular to get involved in the conversation and in some of the very major issues facing our state? Oh, and all the issues, I think it's very, we have a, a voice, a majority voice, I think. And I think we all need to be involved. Um, I think we're getting stronger and stronger. And I think as a lot of women are understanding, and particularly with oil, I'll go back to oil and gas, as people are beginning to realize that oil and gas isn't just the gas you put in your car. It's the plastic that is in the plastic spoon that is in your son's yogurt thing. It's the plastic around your phone that protects it from your son throwing it to the ground. And I'm speaking from experience. It's in every single thing that you have, basically. I was thinking about this when I was talking to a friend, and I was trying to think of a part of my life where there wasn't some involvement in oil and gas. And there's very, very little for women to understand how much more difficult their life would be. It's, I think it's important. I think it's vital for them to see how much their lives would change without the products that are, are brought to us by oil and gas. Baby powder. I put on baby powder every day. It's part of my daily routine. I don't know that I could go on today without that baby powder. That's part of the oil and gas industry. So all the things that we think of as gentle things that have nothing to do with oil and gas, they're all part of it. Um, and I think that that's the case for almost any issue that faces our state. I think of the issues that my students choose to study each summer when they're trying to solve them for our state. And each one, the women, so proud of them, tend to be the strong ones, the leaders in the group. And so watching these group of students come up and watching these groups of students who are going to be the future leaders of Colorado making those stands is key. And I think it's really great that, um, that they've been able to see both sides of so many of the issues, including oil and gas. Well, thank you so much, Celeste, for joining us today. It was wonderful speaking with you. Thank you. This episode and all others of the Vital for Women podcast can be found at vitalforcolorado.com slash women. New episodes are available each Tuesday and can also be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. Our executive producers, Debbie Brown and Amplify Strategies. Our technical producers, John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. I'm your host, Lynn Granger. Thank you for listening and welcome to the conversation.